Hey guys, check out Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp, a fully updated second edition, reviewed and revised by an expert panel of certified Italian wine ambassadors from across the globe. The book also includes an edition by Professore Attilio Scienza, Italy's leading vine geneticist. To pick up a copy today, just head to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. Welcome to Masterclass U.S. Market with me, Juliana Colangelo. This show has been designed to demystify the U.S. market for Italian wineries through interviews with experts in sales and distribution, social media, communications, and so much more. We will quiz each of our esteemed guests at the end of each episode to solidify the lessons that we've learned. So sharpen your pencils, get out your notebooks, and join us each week to learn more about the U.S. market. Hello, welcome to Masterclass U.S. Wine Market. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome Ali Walansky to the Italian Wine Podcast. Ali is an award-winning travel and food journalist with over 20 years of experience in the field, writing for many outlets, from wine enthusiasts to Food Network, Forbes, and so many more. Muckrack actually rated her the number one food journalist of 2022, which is a huge accomplishment. And her Substack, which she sends out six days a week, was recently rated a Substack bestseller. It reaches thousands of people each day. We do a lot of work with Ali in our day-to-day as an agency in the U.S., pitching stories on our Wine and Spirits clients, and Ali's always been a really fantastic collaborator to our agency. So I'm super excited for today's conversation and to have her on the show. Welcome to the show, Ali. It's great to have you here. Thanks so much. I'm so glad to be here. So we're going to dive into all things Substack today because for our Masterclass U.S. Wine Market, we're focused on giving our listeners tips and tools about things they can do in the U.S. market to build their brands. But before we dive into that, tell us a little bit about how you got into food writing and your background. Of course. So I was a journalism major in college. And straight from college, I was doing more copy editing and proofreading and fact checking. And then I started to do a little bit of freelance writing on the side. So at first, that was beauty and style. And that segued into spa and then travel. And travel, of course, takes you to food and wine and spirits, because that's the most fun part of travel. And I've stayed there because it's definitely the most fun writing I've done so far. That's fantastic. And you've traveled now the world writing about food and wine and spirits, which is awesome. Where have you been traveling to recently? Recently, I was actually just in London last week for the coronation, which was mind-blowing because I'm obsessed with all things royal. So absolutely like bucket list moments. Before that, like two weeks before that, I had been in Dublin. Um, I went on a trip to go foraging for botanicals, the Goin' Gin, which was wild and different because I'm honestly not that athletic. (laughs) Putting me in hiking boots in a field is a feat that they should be like honored for. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds fun though. What a a cool trip. It was so fun. I'm like, I'm I'm really into martinis. I might as well learn about what goes into the glass. Yeah. Work up an appetite for the martini too while you're out there foraging. Very cool. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, you've written for some traditional media outlets, you know, in the wine and, and spirit space, like wine enthusiasts, also in the lifestyle space like Forbes, Today Show, et cetera, you know, as we talked about in your intro, but recently you've gotten really into Substack. So that's what we're going to focus on for today's episode of Masterclass US Wine Market. So our three key takeaways with Ali are going to be, number one, what is Substack and how does it work? Number two, what are wineries and companies doing now with Substack to share their stories? And number three, what are some key opportunities for Italian wineries specifically with Substack? 
so, you know, first things first, let's talk about the basics. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we did an episode on generative AI, and we talked all about how that works. So let's just start with the fundamentals. What is Substack? Sure. So um, at its core, Substack is a publishing platform, and it supports a wide variety of newsletters. You'll find everything on there from chefs sharing recipes to finance writers talking about the stock market to I follow a celebrity stylist who chats about what the royals are wearing and where you could get their outfits. Of course. <laughs> yes, it's basically anything in the world you're interested in, you could find a newsletter and subscribe to it and read about it. And these newsletters, they're delivered via app, via email, on the Substack website, whatever is easier for you. And it has all sorts of authors and genres and scopes. What I like about it is that it lets like whether you're a blogger or a journalist or a published author, it lets you connect on a way more intimate level with your subscribers mm-hmm. versus when I write an article, it goes out into the world on like a magazine's webpage or a magazine's print pages. And then I no longer have a relationship with what I write. But when I write it in a Substack, people could comment. People could email me back and give their thoughts. And I know this has existed before. Like I had a live journal many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, email marketing and newsletters have existed. But this seems to be like the next generation. Like you could uh, do a podcast through it if you want. They have a notes feature, which is sort of like a social media platform. It just gives you a lot more control over your writing and your publication, like how often you post, where you post, when you post, like it's you own what you're writing in a completely different way. Right. And I love the what you said about uh, interaction with your your readers and your listeners as well and learning from them about what do they want to read about? What do they want to learn about? Did they like your last article? Did they like your last podcast? Like you said, that's not something we get a lot of in more traditional media platforms, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, of course, if I write an article about like a martini that I had or a wine that I tried, people will tweet at me and give their opinion, but it's less direct. It's less like to the source. Right. Exactly. Exactly. When did Substack become a more viable medium as a platform? When did you say it really hit its stride as something that is being more widely used? I would say I started using it about two years ago. And when I did, I feel like it was less popular at that point. I was one of the very first journalists that I knew that started to use it. And obviously, there were already thousands of members on the platform, but very few people in my immediate circle. Right. When I started doing it, it was mostly just I wanted a, a one-stop place where people could go to my Substack, see what I'm working on, pitch me, and not have to chase me down. It would, everything that they need would be right there. Right. So it's kind of a one-stop shop for not only your articles and your content, but also putting out calls for what you're working on. So would you say that you know, you're getting a lot of interaction on Substack from publicists, or is it more people reading your content as consumers and consuming your content? It's hugely mostly publicists. Before I started my Substack, publicists used to reach out to me very often either to ask what I was working on that week or to ask if I had any sort of distribution list that they could be added to. Right. And I did not have a distribution list. And then I realized it would actually probably be really helpful to people if I did do something like that. And that gave me the idea. So my Substack, yeah, it's what I'm working on. I share links to recently published stories. So that way, everything that people need and are looking for, they don't have to search for it. They don't have to hunt after it. It's right in their email inbox every morning because I know how busy everyone is and I know how hectic the day. Like, yeah. like why should they have to chase after information? Right, exactly, exactly. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, you said you're posting 
every day on Substack. Is that the norm? Are, are creators posting daily or is it, what would you say is the most common frequency of posting? It ranges, I would say, among my inner circle of writer friends. Most pub, most write once or twice a week to their Substack. Okay. Um, some, sometimes they do two or three. I do it six days a week. Honestly, because my workload changes every day, I might send the newsletter out Monday morning at 10 a.m., and then get another assignment that afternoon. So I want to be able to, on Tuesday morning, share that assignment with people. Right. That makes a lot of sense. So you might even be updating it more than once a day to share an assignment. So you're using it, it sounds like, as a combination of a content platform and a social media platform in a way, just to communicate what you're working on. Right. And I try to be like add value. So I'll share like, you know, commentary about industry issues like you know, chat GBT, like the media layoffs recently, whatever is going on. I try to chat about that. If there's anything in the news, um, sometimes agencies will send me their job leads and I'll include it. Or sometimes I just share like what I had for dinner last night. I, I want to make it very personal and approachable. I hate when these newsletters, they read as preachy or condescending because that defeats the whole purpose of why I'm doing this. Right. Absolutely. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, we know with, with Substack, what's interesting about it is there's there's content that you can consume for free uh, as a consumer, but also paid content. So talk to us a little bit about the differences between the free and paid content on Substack. Absolutely. So my Monday through Friday newsletter is completely free. That's where I share the story leads. I would never, ever charge for that. But I have an optional supplemental weekend edition that I call the Industry Insights Edition. And that's when okay. it's more like consulting where like, I let people ask me questions or I do a deep dive into some sort of industry issue. Uh, I do sometimes do um, ask me anything Zooms. So there's added value in that. And everyone's version of added value for their paid edition will be different. Like I follow some chefs that have a subscription model where they share recipes behind the paywall. So how you use it is differently, different, but I try to have as much value as possible and actually more value for the public version because I'm not trying to profit off this. I'm just trying to like right. make everyone's job easier. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, I know Substack in its mission is a platform that allows independent writers and podcasters to reach their audiences directly and get paid, right? Because we've mm-hmm. seen a lot through the years that publications and the rates they're paying contributors and freelancers have gone down significantly. So it's trying to give creators more value for, for their work, which I think is really important. But I think what you're saying is interesting too, that it you also want to provide value without payment as well to your followers. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the autonomy aspect of it is so important that you could have control of what you put in it and where you put in it and make it a sense of community. And I do have the paid version and yes, I do charge for that, but I charge roughly the amount of like going to Starbucks for a latte. Like no (laughs) one's getting rich off that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And let's talk a little bit about who are the creators on Substack? Obviously, you're a writer. Uh, there's writers on Substack. You know, Allison Roman has a Substack. Uh, Jose Andres, so chef personalities have Substacks. Have you seen much in the way of brands having Substacks? I haven't seen so much of that. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if that starts to change because mm-hmm. a lot of brands could benefit by having a blog of sorts of this is what's happening like at our headquarters. This is what we're launching. I think it could be amazing. Right. And then again, there's that 
indirect interaction with your followers that you're able to share with them something new that's coming out, how to maybe like, let's say with a wine, how to pair the wine, what to drink it with, how to serve it, you know, any notes on the vintage, things like that. Oh, absolutely. During the pandemic, when everyone was doing things on Zoom, I went to a lot of virtual tastings with vineyards. And that was also building a personal connection. And I think an extent of that could be something like Substack, where you do have that intimacy, where you could talk about pairings or how to plan your own at-home tasting. Just make it more approachable. Right, exactly. And make it more, you know, interactive with the consumer as well. You know, there's, it sounds like Substack, there's a lot of great benefits to using it as a, as a publicist, as a writer, potentially as a brand too, that maybe aren't being tapped. But we know there's so much out there to keep up with as a brand, right? You've got to keep up with social media. You've got to keep up with everything you're doing with your own channels, with your website, your blog. You've got to keep up with your outreach to the traditional media and submitting your wines for scores. There's, there's a lot to keep track of for anyone running marketing for a wine company. So as we think about you know Substack as yet another platform, how do you see it like fitting into the ecosystem of what a brand marketer might be doing for a wine or spirits brands? Italian Wine Podcast, part of the Mama Jumbo Shrimp family. I think it could help in a lot of ways. Like if they're following the newsletters of wine writers such as myself, they could have immediate intel about stories working on, whether it's trend stories or gift guides, which they could get their wine into. And they could build that relationship with us, get to know us, get into our stories. And also a lot of wine writers who share a lot of trend commentary, they're looking for experts to speak and they will post about where they're eating and traveling and drinking and their thoughts. So it's a way of getting a pulse, I think, on an industry that's constantly changing. Right. I definitely think in my experience, and I've chat with publicists and brands all the time, and everyone always is speaking about how the relationship building part of our jobs is so hard. And I think this is a way of like increasing the relationship and skipping to the head of the email inbox and not just being an anonymous name or email. Yeah. I think that's really critical to remember for for anyone listening about their relationship building aspect, because that's one thing that, you know, generative AI can't replace, hopefully, right? Not yet, at least. So I'm praying. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, think, speaking of generative AI and how marketers and communicators are now using that platform to generate content as a, as a start, maybe for a blog or a social media post, um, how do you see content that might be being generated through generative AI being able to be used on Substack? What are your thoughts on the intersection? I mean, it's theoretically possible. Yeah, I mean, people could do in the same way they're using AI for their pitches or stories, which is totally not kosher. I'm sure people are going to use it for their Substacks too. But the thing is, Substack, like any other platform, like Instagram or Twitter, you're definitely going to find the outliers who are going to try to exploit it. And you're going to find the people who are legitimately using it for their own, for like, you know, their own expansion and good reason. So yeah, I'm sure people will probably try to find AI into it because AI seems to be infiltrating every single area of our lives. Mm -hmm. No one you should be following will be. Right. Yeah, that that makes, that's a really good point. I think a a really good follow up to to the episode we had a couple of weeks ago about generative AI to hear your perspective as a writer being on the other end of pitches. Are you starting to filter for pitches that you feel like might be 
being produced through generative AI? Uh, how are you flagging that? Is there anything you're doing to 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 stay away from content that's being generated by AI? Well, if it's obvious, I'm just avoiding it. Like, you know, sometimes stuff that's generated by AI, it always has that look of being like poorly translated material. Like the grammar isn't great. It doesn't necessarily have the right context. Right. So you could sort of tell when something is generated by a human versus a robot. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if you want someone to write a, like a personal, real, authentic story about your clients or your brand, send them a personal, real, authentic pitch. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good reminder. And, you know, something that we all need to be, you know, we want to be ahead of the curve. We want to adopt new technologies. We want to stay on, on top of our game. But there's some fundamentals in our world of, publicist, writer, brand that I think are really important to keep in mind, like you just said. So thank you for for that reminder, Ali. I think it's a it's a really important one. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm all about like, you know, genuine authenticity. I think there's so much noise and gray area around us. And that's the way to beat the robots. Not to sound all Brave New World or nineteen eighty four about it. As long as we're authentic true selves, we win. Right. Yeah. I th- I think I love that reminder. I think that's such a good one. And I think that, you know, that speaks for a lot of our listeners in Italy. I mean, there's so many authentic, unique, beautiful stories in Italian wine and, and highlight those stories, right? And Subsac just gives another platform for which to find writers that can highlight those stories or to share your story directly, potentially. We talked about the potential for brands to get on Substack to share content, which I, I think is a, which I think is great. Oh, absolutely. There, I think there's so many options of getting their voice out there. And the beauty of Substack is even if you don't know who to follow and you don't know what wine writers are on there or what wine brands, they you could, it's so searchable. You could write in a word like wine or Italy or whatever you want, and it will tell you you, you know, Substackers that you might want to follow. And you could check at them out without subscribing if you just want to see if this is has a feel for what you're looking for. Yeah, that's really cool. I just typed in Italian wine into Substack and it's giving me lists of publications. Um, and, you know, I could see Italian wine podcasts on here, right? And us sharing our episodes directly through that. But I'm, I'm seeing writers, uh, I'm seeing the bold italic. I'm seeing some personalities. So very, very cool. So cool. You, it's it's endless in everything that you could find on there. It's constantly expanding. It's expanded so much. And I've heard stories of people getting book deals out of Substack. So wow. I think it's just going to continue to get bigger. Yeah, that's really exciting. And, and speaking of continuing to get bigger, what do you think is the future for Substack? How do you think it's going to affect traditional media as well? I see it as a co-pilot or a powerful asset to enhance traditional media. I think that as earned media journalists are looking for a way to connect with audiences, and especially in this day and age when, you know, the landscape is changing and freelancers, they're losing outlets or going to new outlets and they're trying to like capture their audiences and make their work be seen by more people. It gives them a sort of, it puts them in the driver's seat. It gives them some control. And and what I like about it is I can go into more depth and get more personal with the content. If I write a story about hot sauces, then I could go so much more in depth in the notes on the Substack app or in my own Substack newsletter and really like, you know, get into the juice of the matter in the way that a 500 word or 800 word story just doesn't allow allow me to do. Right. And then you can also get even more into it in the comments, I'd imagine. Like if someone comments on that hot sauce story and is like, well, have you tried this one? And then kind of creating that dialogue again with, with your followers. 
Oh, absolutely. That happens all the time. I think that a lot of publications have started to make the shift towards a lot more e-commerce nowadays. And I realize that's important, but it's taken away from the nuts and bolts reviews. When I was a beauty writer, if I wrote a roundup of red lipsticks that were great for New Year's Eve, I was sitting there with 10 red lipsticks and trying them on and removing them and seeing how they felt. Nowadays, people go on Amazon and they just see which ones have the bestseller ratings right. and just choose it. <laughs> and that's not the reason we got journalism degrees. So I think anything that makes you have more of a relationship with your content and your audience and dive a little deeper, that's doing your job. That's the job we're here to do. Definitely. Yeah. Or today they might be using ChatGPT to give them some recommendations. I will admit I was buying some new towels the other day and I just typed in best towels on on ChatGPT. But actually I ended up buying the towels that my friend recommended. So for me, it's still about the personal relationships. So See, it's all about the personal. At the end of the day, I'd much rather know that there's a really good martini at a bar you recommend than that ChatGPT tells me to go to. Agreed, agreed. Um, well, I learned so much in this conversation, Allie, and I'm sure our listeners did too. So before we wrap up, it's time for our rapid fire quiz. We're going to review the key takeaways from today's episode. So Allie, if you can do your best to answer these questions in one sentence or less, please. Okay. So question number one, what is Substack and how does it work? Substack is a publishing platform of subscription-based newsletters. Fantastic. Number two, how can wineries and brands and companies use Substack to share their own stories? Follow the wine writers that you love or don't know yet and learn their stories and get to know them. Fantastic. And number three, what are some of the key opportunities you might identify out there for Italian wineries specifically on Substack? Connecting with writers, getting into their gift guides, being in their trend stories, just making that connection and then furthering it as much as you can. Great. So what I really walked away with is Substack's a way to further your relationships with the media, um, understand what they're writing about, what they're looking for, what they're interested in. And it's a great platform to do that. So thank you so much, Ali, for joining us today on Masterclass US Wine Market on the Italian Wine Podcast to share all your knowledge and insights on Substack, as well as some of your thoughts on some of the current trends out there in journalism and communication. Uh, I learned so much from our conversation and it was so fun to have you on the show. Of course. How can our listeners connect with you on Substack and other platforms? (laughs) Yes, please, please subscribe to my Substack. I would love to get to know you all on there. I'm also on Instagram where I cook my dinner live on my Instagram stories almost every night, which is another way we can be friends. (laughs) Fantastic. Wonderful. Well, thanks again, Ali, for joining us. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks, you too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me today. Stay tuned each week for new episodes of Masterclass US Wine Market with me, Juliana Colangelo. And remember, if you enjoyed today's show, hit the like and follow buttons wherever you get your podcasts.